0: Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah,
1: sure, absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Snark. Oh, I almost said Snark Alec Radio. It has been on my mind lately. We'll talk about why in a second. But this is Squat Cobbler. I'm Dr. Mike and joining me always.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y. T-H-U-L. Why can't I finish this? I don't know. On Twitter. Saying, did you forget how to spell your <laughs> Twitter? <laughs> and it, well, you know, I think it was the, the the wash of Snark Alec Radio coming up. In fact, I could never get call sign right for Live 365, loud and loaded. Um You I can just, do
0: it now, I, but not when it was but, on.
1: Well, not when it mattered. <laughs> I couldn't do it when it mattered. But uh, just to prove, folks, K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter
0: and Instagram. So what Kelly and I are alluding to, and before we actually get into that, let me say, stop whatever you're doing, like, subscribe, hit your notifications, do all of that. You're going to want to do that. This is the best podcast you could possibly listen to. And I'm saying that with just every ounce of humility I can possibly muster. Like, subscribe, turn on your notifications. So what Kelly and I are alluding to is we got our start working together on a radio show called Snark Alec Radio. And the day that we're recording this particular podcast, so it'll be a little bit off in the sense of when you guys are hearing it. But the day that we're recording this podcast, it is actually the fifth anniversary of our final episode of Snark Alec Radio. Now, we did do a few reunion shows after that, but of Snark Alec Radio proper, today is the anniversary of its death. How does that make you feel, Kelly? I
1: feel okay. I'm pretty good. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it. I do, upon reflection, I've gone back and looked at that content some in the past, and it, it does feature some of the uh, the worst addition. There were attempts by a couple of us to introduce additional audio into it to. To make it a special event at the intro and my final exit and i mean effort was there <laughs> execution eh, i don't know but it was a fun ride we had a lot of a lot of really cool people on we had a lot of fun we used to do games we had contests quizzes all sorts of things and uh it was back in the day when google uh, hangouts on air was available so audience participation it was all super cool so it was fun it's hard to believe it's
0: five years it is hard to believe it's five years. I was surprised that it was that long since it ended, which means it's been, you know, we've been working together longer than five years. But it's I was very surprised that it's been that long since it ended. Uh, and like I, I had mentioned, we, we have done a few reunion shows here and there. And obviously, Kelly and I have continued to work together on various projects. So, you know, it's it's didn't really end as so much as you know, that ended and kind of became something else.
1: Yeah, very a bunch of twists and turns <laughs> in terms of different <laughs> different types of of content and things that hopefully will come back. Uh, we were doing Better Call Saul post shows again. We're in a post Google Hangout <laughs> live on air world, so sorting that out. But uh, th- that was kind of fun to do. Uh, some of those we did like right after the show, uh, and right. So we'll, we'll see.
0: But I mean, whatever we do, I my biggest takeaway from all of that was really. So for you guys, like a lot of the people listening to this might know us. They think of Snark Alec Radio because there was a couple of comments that were left on my post about that. They think of Snark Alec Radio as the the Google Hangouts version of it. There were actually, and as much as I I love that and interacting with those people, there are actually far more people who knew it as a radio show because it did actually air on the radio. It's in the name. (laughs) Um, So it was actually a radio show. So there were even more people who knew it through that. But My favorite takeaway from it was really the people that we met through it and, you know, going to snark stocks and different things like that and just the community of people that we got to interact with online.
1: It was a great way to because most of this group was interacting live on Saturday evenings with the original movies that sci-fi was airing and a lot of fun on Twitter there. And then this just became another container for us to all get together and interact. And that was was fun. And then just this crazy luck of getting you know, the the director and writer of Big Ass Spider On. Uh it's one of my favorite kind of surprises where Allison Victoria Allison Woof and us actually connected for the first time. Uh, Rebecca Kennedy, all that, so it was all very, very cool, and of course, uh, Mr. Webb was just quasi regular, so it was all very good,
0: yeah, the whole thing was a lot of fun. I can't say I miss it because I mean, we still do so much stuff together, so it's not like there's a void where that was, but it was a lot of fun, and i it was it will always be i feel like an important step in whatever it is that we're moving towards.
1: It's where we learned that shorter's better, <laughs> you know.
0: <it> was, <laughs> That was speaking of which,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. As we meander through, we haven't really told people what's going to happen
0: today, have we? Yeah, they don't even know what this episode is. Yep. So this is this is the uh, pre-tangent tangent. tangent. (laughs) Yeah, it's officially a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, before we get started, let me announce to everyone: if you're interested in that sort of thing, I'm going to be going on tour next year pretty extensively. So, you know, if you want to see me play near you, just kind of let me know. We could probably make that happen. So reach out. So now
1: you've got to, you've got to record a concert live and it needs to be pagan at the corn crib. Cause so that would be, it would be like, you know, you had pink Floyd at Pompeii. You can have pagan at the corn crib. Cause <laughs> the our corn crib, corn crib, cause our Minor league baseball team in Bloomington, Illinois, is called the Corn Belters and uh, has a large ear of corn as their mascot, whose nickname, oh, I amazing. believe, is Corny and uh, it's creepy. <laughs> uh, but the Corn Crib, uh, which is where
0: one stores corn, uh, is the name of their stadium. Amazing. Yes, obviously, we need to do something related to that. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Tonight, we are getting back to the prisoner exchanges. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're not familiar, what's a prisoner exchange? Well, it's a little bit of what's running through your mind, because Kelly and I are about to pass some music back and forth. Like, a certain person who will not be named would have been passed back and forth had they not, air quotes, killed themselves in prison.
1: That's a big edit right there. (laughs) We'll be cleaning that up. (laughs) Which part? (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: Most of this. I didn't say their name. I said who won't be named. Yeah, that's – yeah, makes it perfectly all right. Good job. You're welcome. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) let's just jump right into it, (laughs) shall we? That would be good. I'm all for that. So – I decided for mine, and I'm going to make a bunch of people really mad right now. I chose early goth music. Before you even get mad, I know some of it's characterized as post-punk, some of it's in between that, and you're going to argue about it with each other. That's fine. It's all early goth music. (laughs) You guys can fight over labels later. Personally, I'm not a big fan of genres and labeling things. I started off working with like metal bands, extreme metal bands, and they spent more time in some cases, some of the not the bands I worked with, but bands that we we ran into would spend a solid 15 minutes describing their single band genre that they felt they created for themselves. So I don't I don't get too much. Caught up in the labeling of things. These are goth bands. So <laughs> just take it for what it is. We are starting this list off with Tainted Love. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't that the Gloria Jones song? Yes, it is. <laughs> if you don't know it from that, you probably know it from the much, 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 much more famous cover that Soft Cell did of it on their nonstop erotic cabaret album. Now, I didn't choose that because it's not goth, but also. I didn't want to get too much into soft sell with this because they're going to be coming up either as a future recommendation or playlist, Prisoner Exchange, something. You're going to get some soft sell on there. So trust me, they're coming. This is the Coil version of the song. So Coil was a band that I wasn't super familiar with when I was younger. I actually got into them. I guess I was probably a teenager and I got into them because of their connection to the band Nine Inch Nails. They were a big influence on Nine Inch Nails and even did some remixes and things for Nine Inch Nails a little bit later. So that's my introduction to Coil. And then I came across this cover they did of the song Tainted Love. It's easily my favorite version of the song. It is dramatically slow, (laughs) very, very purposefully paced. to to build up this this odd sort of off kilter tension and what's great especially if you're used to hearing the the soft sell version which is more like a dancey kind of song it feels so much at odds with that that it actually made me an even bigger fan of the song there's also a great music video (laughs) that you can find for it on youtube which i believe is what i sent kelly was the music video, not just the audio.
1: Well, so I'm I'm with you a thousand percent that this is my favorite version of the song. I'm not a I'm not a huge Tainted Love song fan to begin with, but as far as versions I've heard, this is number one. This is this is definitely the most enjoyable version, uh, for me. Uh, and you're right. It is just mostly because your frame of reference is used to a different pacing. Uh, this so you kind of keep going and it's just not going to get any faster. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> meandering along, uh, even the, the bell. Uh, so you have the, the, in the soft cell version, the very, uh, noticeable bell kind of pull, pull into the, uh, the structure of the song, there's bells here, too, but they're slower, <laughs> and so it's all it's all there but uh, um, like I said, as far as not probably my favorite song in the world, but in terms of a version that I find much more much more enjoyable, it would be this it was a group I was not familiar with at all i did I did enjoy it, and it is. It, because it's the soft self version is so familiar to everybody. It, it takes some acclimating. It felt a little bit to me like it was the cure covering a cover song of tainted love, uh, <laughs>
0: but which is okay. <laughs> but it was, a, so that's my thoughts. Very nice. So had you heard this before? Had not version. Okay. I kind of suspect it as much. I feel like even among fans of this type of music, whether it's post-punk or goth or whatever you want to call it, even with fans of this type of music, I feel like this isn't a super well-known song, at least in my interactions with people. There's a lot of people who that I've introduced this version of the song to who typically listen to this type of music. Okay, we're going to move into our second song. That would be Cities and Dust by Susie and the Banshees. Had you heard of this one, Kelly? I had
1: heard well I've heard of Suzanne Banshees and I had heard of this I had heard of this song. Probably not the first time I've heard it, but it's the first time I listened with strong intent.
0: So this this goes back to I'm a gigantic fan of female vocalists. There were a number of Suzy songs that were in contention for that particular playlist exchange that we did. But I knew at some point they were going to work their way into probably multiple exchanges <laughs> that we do. So I'm a big fan of this band. Part of the reason that I included them... Well, this is my favorite song of theirs. But part of the reason that I wanted to include them in general is because probably of all the bands there, it's the most fun for me because they were a huge influence, not just on goth music or post-punk, but on traditional punk music as well. Probably better known than the band itself is the former members of the band. Many, many people who went on to become a big deal in their respective genres like punk and new wave bands and goth bands started off or at some point were in this band. (laughs) That would include Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols and Robert Smith of The Cure, who we already brought up, got his start in this band. So Obviously, they influence both sides of this. So whatever, whatever version of this type of music you fall on, whether you're more punk-leaning or goth-leaning, I feel like this band's for you. You, you can't really be mad. It's the, it's the most pleasing band for either side, in my opinion, of the list that i put together.
1: So this was an interesting uh, playlist for me because uh, so the Coil song, I liked quite a bit. The next three, whatever you classify it as, post-punk, early goth uh, whatever you want to do there. There's, there is a, a similarity in vocal delivery and pacing, uh, that kind of run through the next three songs that just in terms, ultimately aren't really my jam to a certain degree. And so there are of, of this, there are the next three come up that that are kind of in that mode. I'm like, I, I can appreciate the, the, the ability and the skill and stuff playing together, but just for whatever that particular type of, uh, type of approach. It's just it's never been like one that lit me up a lot. But then it's it's very interesting because there's some good contrast coming up as we as we come towards towards the end there. So uh so with that preface, it's like kinda not ultimately my big thing. I did I did like this song. The video's fun and uh, and Mike had shared for most of these I got the accompanying video as well. I thought the video excellent, uh really, really good. And the the chorus portions of this, there was some very cool stuff kinda just going on with her delivery. Very interesting uh and talented vocalist that I did think that i did I did like quite a bit, but it's just this particular mode is just like not not entirely my jam,
0: and I can understand that and I wasn't sure when I was putting this together, I thought that there was you know with this type of music you hadn't really expressed that much interest in so I figured I was, I was probably skirting the line and I tried to make it as diverse as you can within this particular genre. But the next two bands that we're going to get to are kind of like, if you're putting together a post punk early goth type playlist. I'm pretty sure you can't not put them on there. Like it would have just rejected the message of me sending it to you if that's what I was trying to do. So the first of those, of course, is Joy Division. So Joy Division, if for anybody who's not familiar, is probably one of the most famous post-punk and goth bands, easily the most influential of all of them. They influenced a great deal of alternative rock music and everything that came with that. Bands like U2... And The Cure modeled a lot of their early material after Joy Division. Even rappers, um, Danny Brown, who's a popular rapper, named one of his more recent albums after a Joy Division song. So their their influence is very, very wide, which is very impressive because they only released two proper albums as Joy Division. The singer of the band in the most goth thing you can do, I guess, killed himself before their second album was released as they were gaining a lot of momentum and popularity. So the rest of the band went on and continued as New Order, who were more of a new wave influence type band and had a lot of big hits on their own. But Joy Division's music, bizarrely, in the past few years, has been used a lot in commercials. So you hear like Joy Division songs and car commercials and food commercials and things like that, which to me is hilarious because they're a band named after a Nazi brothel whose singer committed suicide before they released their second album. So that's kind of funny to me. I feel like the band would probably get a kick out of that. There's also there's tons and tons of material about them. There is a biopic of their lead singer, and the band has been featured, played by different people in various movies about that time period. So there's a ton of stuff out there about them, if you aren't familiar, if you want to check them out. And they probably have the most famous t-shirt of all time. (laughs) They are a huge, huge, huge meme all over everything, because this thing happened where they're First full length album, they had an EP and some some odd and end stuff, and then two full length albums, their first full length album, the cover of that is very, very iconic, and was put on t shirts. And this strange thing started happening where people were buying and wearing this t shirt because of the iconic image, who didn't even know that it was an album, let alone know anything about the background who Joy Division was what they sounded like any of that kind of stuff and it became a meme a really big meme for a long time of people wearing these t-shirts celebrities wearing this t-shirt and people were even called down on it hilariously in interviews a couple of times from some savvy interviewers who were like oh and started like naming joy division stuff to a blank stare responding to them so big fan <laughs> this is their most popular song by far what did you think kelly
1: so, it was interesting because, and I don't know if you would agree, but the the very onset of the song, uh, there's some guitar stuff that starts it off. That is to me highly rem- reminiscent of Tommy era Who guitar. There's this like little beginning of the start, and so I'm like, oh, is this gonna be kind of Tommy esque? And it's like, nope. <laughs> and it, it slides <laughs> slides uh into to the vibe right after that, but right at the very start. So it's a nice piece of contrast for that. I thought that was was really interesting. I think part of why some of some of this particular style of delivery is not as appealing to me is it it tends to just I don't even say meander. It just kind of tends to to kind of leisurely move along towards towards a uh, a destination, uh, which I'm okay with. Like a Brian, some of the Brian Eno stuff does that. But then there's 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 some other very interesting things that kind of happen in that, adding additional textures and stuff. This was one though that uh, had actually had a little bit more some build that occurred uh, later in the song, which I liked I liked quite a quite a bit there. So uh, there was some good variety in this. On that, I said that I, it was kind of cool to hear what I felt was who esque (laughs) Tommy era guitars at the very beginning uh, and then kind of to move in there. And then I said, the song built up in some ways that, that I, I liked quite a bit.
0: Very nice. So we're moving on to, and you know what, honestly, I should have copied it and just read, the Apple Music bio of Bauhaus because it is better than anything I could say about them. Go read that. Pretend I said that. Laugh really hard. So, Bauhaus are in the eyes of most people. This is where post-punk becomes goth, or where goth starts. You will often see Christian and I wearing Bauhaus t-shirts. We are big, big fans of this band. I'm a fan of pretty much everything they've done even to this day Uh, this after the band broke up the vocalist Peter Murphy continued as a solo artist for a long time earlier this year he suffered a heart attack he survived and the remaining members of Bauhaus have played a couple of reunion shows because they've decided that since you know they're getting up there in years and health is a, a major concern Especially for their their vocalist, they would rather end playing together, which I actually think is a nice sentimental thing for a band who is entire catalog <laughs> is dark and melancholic. I, th- I thought that was a nice sort of cheery, sentimental thing that they're doing by playing together. And I think they played three shows now. I I don't know if they're going to be doing any kind of large scale touring considering the health issues, but if they come, I would definitely be personally checking that out. I chose "She's in Parties," which is a popular song, but nowhere near one of their more famous songs it's just my favorite song of theirs their most famous song of course is Bell Lugosi's Dead which was used in a number of movies and commercials and all kinds of stuff if you're not familiar with it you would be if you heard it because you've probably heard it as background in something somewhere it's a heavily heavily licensed song my introduction to this band was actually a movie which is going to become a recurring theme now to the end of this my introduction to them was a movie it was the movie Night of the Demons Uh, I'm a huge fan of that movie. If anybody doesn't know... I mono my recommendation was it our first it was our first episode I think my first recommendation on this show was the Night of the Demons soundtrack on cassette so that was a song they did for that called Stigmata Martyr which is in a famous scene in the movie and I had the absolute pleasure of meeting the star of Night of the Demons and I'm not going to say which star (laughs) because I, I need to tell the rest of the story I met one of the stars of Night of the Demons, they were heavily intoxicated. And we joined in for that. This was at a festival, and then they had to introduce a screening of Night of the Demons. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. This person, <laughs> very, very intoxicated, standing in front of a eagerly awaiting crowd of fans of all ages, started asking kids in the crowd about blowjobs. And It was just amazing. It was a beautiful thing. I wish I had it on tape. They end it by explaining to everyone that they are a horse psychic. I did not say that wrong. Horse psychic. (laughs) So I love that movie. I love this band. So
1: I'm a lyric guy. Uh, This has got things like fall guy falls on the cutting room floor. It's cool. Like it quite a bit. The title itself and the chorus. Clever. Enjoy that quite a bit. Kind of a sneaky, a sneakier guitar running through there, which I enjoy. Enjoy the chorus and the bridge were really, really fun. I'm
0: glad you enjoyed it, sir. Now, (laughs) and again, movies are going to be the the permeating thing here. 45 Grave. (laughs) Huge fan of this band. Definitely more punk-leaning than goth, but they were an influence on the early goth music. Most people know 45 Grave because of this song, but they know them because of a different version of this song. So are you familiar with the movie Return of the Living Dead, sir? Uh, I am. So that was a big... Turning point for sort of like punk and goth music in the 80s, because not only is it heavily featured on that soundtrack, it was the first time for a lot of mainstream America that they saw that represented in a movie. So Return of the Living Dead is air quotes based on the sequel book to Night of the Living Dead. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not going to get into the, the long twisting tale of the rights of Night of the Living Dead, but multiple people own the rights to Night of the Living Dead because they decided at some point it was a smart idea to split the rights equally. So you have all kinds of sequels that step on each other narratively. George Romero himself made multiple sequels. His partners made sequels on their own. It is a franchise that technically in the air quotes, official movies for the people who who own actual rights to this thing has like 40 something entries now. So one of them was Return of the Living Dead, which was based on John Russo's book. So John Russo wrote Night of the Living Dead. Uh, he wrote a sequel book called Return of the Living Dead, which goes in a different direction than George Romero decided to take his sequels. So John Russo decided he was going to make this sequel himself This doesn't have a whole lot to do with his book. (laughs) He wasn't happy with the outcome, but this itself got multiple sequels. John Russo went on to make movies that followed his vision of where Night of the Living Dead was going to go, and it all just turned into a huge mess. While all this was going on, somewhere early in the production, they decided that this song would be the perfect song for a scene of a cemetery filled with corpses coming back to life pulling themselves out of the ground and attacking innocent bystanders. And it is perfect. But the producers of the film neglected to listen to the lyrics of the song, which are edgy for that time. So they didn't actually hear what was being said. They just heard the do you want a party refrain and the more driving punk sound of it as being perfect for the movie. And then when they actually were watching a rough cut and heard the lyrics, lost their minds. So they had to go back to the band and ask them because they didn't want to drop the song and pick something different because it was perfect. So they had to ask them to re-record the song with toned down lyrics, which is the version of the song that most people are familiar with, which is titled on the album, the zombie version, I believe.
1: So, you know, as I kind of mentioned kind of front half of this list, not entirely wheelhouse for me. So there's. Uh, while I enjoyed, I enjoyed the songs. I thought they were well executed. With the possible exception of Tainted Love, uh, the next, next three, probably not on a lot of rapid repeat for me on a playlist. Oh, let me go back and hear that again and hear that again. Uh, as we get to the tail end of the playlist, that changes. This is a song I would listen to multiple times. I, and I think it's because now we're getting into, there is a kind of much more prominent punk surfer punk was in my notes <laughs> in terms of, of that kind of piece there. Great texture to the music. Uh, I love the vocals on this, that kind of adrenaline shot, um, that previous three songs while good were somewhat adrenaline free <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> There There's now a good heavy dose of adrenaline that kind of comes in on this one where I'm like, yeah. And uh so I, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. It makes perfect sense to me as you step through some of this about, oh, yeah, of course, this is why you're starting to tune in a little bit more because the – the punk influence uh, coming in stronger is um, a passion of mine. So that was very cool on that. But like I said, I, I, I love the vocals. Uh, I love the texture of the music and I love the energy of it.
0: And this was another one that almost made the female vocalist playlist. Big fan of 45 Grave in general. Love this song. It's funny because like you said, uh, this is, you know, a little bit more adrenaline than the last few songs, which were more death. <laughs> but this probably has the darkest lyrics of all of them. So, but again, a lot of people are more familiar with a much toned down version of this song from the movie. So that brings us to our final song on the playlist. Another one I was introduced to through a movie. It is The Order of Death from Public Image Limited. Now, you and I had discussed this band a little bit previously, and I believe it was off air. We're both obviously familiar with the Sex Pistols. For anybody who doesn't know, this is what John Lydon or Johnny Rotten did after the Sex Pistols this was his band. Still an ongoing concern. To the best of my knowledge, not a continuing thing, more of an on and off type thing. But they there's been a number of lineup changes. A lot of people have come and gone from this band. They are very well respected, though. The Sex Pistols are respected in the sense of their grand contribution to punk, whereas Pill is more respected actually musically. Not to put anything from the Sex Pistols down. I was a huge, huge, huge Sex Pistols fan as a kid. But this is musically a more respected project. This song in particular, I actually didn't know was them this isn't the song i was introduced to them with but i heard this song through the movie hardware are you familiar with hardware oh i think i am (laughs) but
1: memory memory's fading on on that but i i think i am tell me a little
0: more (laughs) so i absolutely love the movie hardware it's one of my favorites um definitely like a top 10 movie for me it came out it it, i think what people anticipated was that it was going to be like a little low budget sci-fi horror movie and then just kind of disappear so a lot of bigger companies contributed money to this essentially like low-budget indie production not thinking it was going to go anywhere but they saw potential in the director richard stanley so richard stanley his i'm a huge fan of his work in general his thing that he would do maybe he still does i'm not sure i had he stopped directing for a long time he just recently completed another feature i'm anxious to see Um, but he'd stopped directing for a while, but what he was doing with his early films is he would actually shoot them twice. He would go out with his friends and essentially just like a camcorder and make like a rough demo. Of the movie. And then he would come back, you know, rewatch it, live with it a little bit, see what he liked, what he didn't like, make additional changes to the story, and then go and shoot the full movie, the real movie, with this demo reel sort of already done to give him a step up as far as where he was going with the story, the visuals, all that kind of stuff. So he had a version of hardware which is on the special edition Blu-ray that's out there. You can watch his original version. I want to say it's 40 minutes or 45 minutes, his like demo version of it. Here's where it gets murky. <laughs> so he he made this movie. He showed it to financiers. He made, he got enough money to go and shoot hardware hardware changed and again that is the point of doing the demo movie and then doing the final movie hardware changed somewhere in the middle and two things happened uh the first was the movie was a huge financial success on its initial release it wasn't like you know star wars or anything like that but this was made for like no money so all of a sudden this movie made a lot of money and all of these people who had invested just because they wanted to suddenly wanted a stake in this thing Then another thing (laughs) happens. So when hardware changed from the demo version to the final product, the final product suddenly seemingly adapted a bunch of elements of a very, very famous comic book series. Very famous. (laughs) So it was taken from the shock comics, which is where judge dread tank girl, all that kind of stuff comes from. So essentially making it the first adaptation of judge dread. None of that stuff is in the demo version. The judge dread character is not in it. Don't get me wrong, but there is a couple issues of that comic with a story arc that is very similar to the story arc that was added to pad out the demo version to a feature-length movie. Richard Stanley, for his part, claims that he never read that comic book. I read the comic book and I saw the movie. I'm a big Richard Stanley fan. I would have a difficult time believing that. (laughs) It is very similar. Strikingly similar. And those are just the elements that were added, which... He uses his demo movie as an example of why he didn't copy it. To me and to some other people, it actually makes a more damning case against him because it's the stuff he added that's similar to the comic book story arc. But Richard Stanley at that time was doing a lot of music videos. So the cast is actually filled with musicians, including Iggy Pop, who we've talked about on this, and has a lot of really interesting and very, very diverse music that gets used throughout it. This song is used a couple of times as like a recurring motif in the movie. And it's a song that we've actually talked about covering a couple of times, and I think we will at some point. But the main thing is you guys should go out and watch Hardware. It's awesome, whether you're a Judge Dread fan or not. The movie's really, really great. It wasn't available for a long time, though, between the lawsuit from the creators of Judge Dredd and... Everybody fighting over who actually owns this movie because a bunch of people contributed small amounts to it just to get it made. I guess eventually that was all settled. And when you watch the special edition Blu-ray now, there is an added credit claiming that it is based off of the Judge Dread comic books. So they they got paid somewhere in there. Technically, though, making it a prequel to the Judge Dread and Tank Girl films. So... I'm a big
1: Johnny Rotten, Johnny Lydon fan. He's
0: a tad on the arrogant side as far as a
1: human being goes, but uh, I miss that interview. <laughs> you really? You never never picked up on that? He's there's a certain <laughs> degree of self confidence that he carries himself with. I I think he's I think he's a creative, talented guy. And when we had talked offline about it, it's like I really need to get more into the Public image limited stuff because I'm sure I'm gonna love it and so I've not really been exposed to a lot. Enjoyed this song quite a bit. Some simple phrasing, kind of repeated throughout all of it. Some motifs repeated throughout all of it. Just a, a really nice, nice piece of music, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Probably, I don't know. Party time is close. Somewhere between party time and this one's my favorite of of those, but I thought they were two both great songs, and and it was just, uh, it was very enjoyable. But so speaking of Iggy Pop. You know, we've mentioned on the show before, we're sorting out how we'll attack behind the cobbler biopic <laughs> on the making of, of the podcast because behind the squat. Are we getting
0: Pop in it? Is that where we're going with this?
1: Yeah, yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. I'll <laughs> Expl- explain it a second. This, this occurred to me as you were talking. I was paying, you know, remarkable attention, but this thing came in my mind as you brought Iggy Pop up. I think we got to go with behind the cobbler versus behind the squat because that, that just we need to. I, I think what we need to do is introduce Iggy Pop into into this documentary as you know him constantly trying to break in and become part of the podcast and us having <laughs> having absolutely no interest in
0: it uh and whatsoever. Iggy pop, please stop begging. Could <laughs> you go away? We And we have to call him Iggy Pop. <laughs>
1: yes, Iggy Pop, please. Can't you see? We, we're discussing Scooby Doo porn right now. We don't have time for you. So. God,
0: Iggy Pop, <laughs> come on,
1: Mike. Iggy Pop's calling me again. <laughs> I'm sure he's in for it. I'm sure he was he's in, in hardware. I mean, that's right. He's a big squatty. Yeah, he was, and he was, and in, in Suck, the vampire movie uh, that Alice and Calico Cooper are in. Fantastic movie. Uh, and Iggy, anything. He's just a, a great screen presence and. And he's just going to have to learn to live with the fact that he's not going to become part of the squat
0: cobbler. <laughs> I love it. I love that part of our history. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we may be taking some creative license. <laughs> Hopefully that's not a theme of a comic out there somewhere where it's Higgy Pop <laughs> desperately trying to get into a podcast with tens of listeners. and <laughs> This type of thing. But who knows?
0: Could be. Richard Stanley will be like, I told you. See, it happens. It <laughs> does happen. But seriously, Hardware is a great movie. You guys should go watch it. More people need to see that movie. It's a shame that it was torn apart by the fact that it was initially successful. Stuff happens. It does. Well, sir, that was my playlist. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys get a chance to check some of it out if any of it sounded interesting to you. Or go watch those movies.
1: Sounds great. As Mike mentioned at the beginning, please like and subscribe on your platform of choice. And thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Thanks, everyone. All right, I'm going to stop the broadcast.